Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we do this little ditty called Solid Steps Radio. A few years back, we got together and said, hey, let's do a radio show that are aimed towards the guys as the audience. We have lots of lady listeners, but our primary audience are the men. And men, we are very easy to talk about sports, weather, politics, but sometimes talking about the things that have a little bit more depth to them, like being a husband, being a father, being a friend, being a man who walks with God, all those little things, uh, they need to be having conversations. And we by no means are an exhaustive, only go-to place for that. But we just want to be a tool in your toolbox, men, to say, hey, what, are we, what am I thinking about? What am I talking about? And today we're having a topic that is, I think, really... Uh, near and dear, but also fearful to many men. I'll be the first guy to stand up in line and say, I'm the first uh, of being able to connect with and, and not just befriend, but disciple and have a relationship with your son. Um, you know, sometimes I jokingly say that some, I might be parenting my boys or babysitting my boys, but that's different than parenting them, right? You know, changing diapers is not parenting. That's just part of what you do, right? Uh, it's instilling character, modeling the way. Well, maybe a little bit. No, it's not. Babysitters can change diapers. (laughs) Let's, let's, you know, so, uh, it's one of those things that topically men start to kind of revere back from coil back from when you start talking about how you're connecting with your son. And today we're going to talk about uh, a guy whose who's ministry is doing just that, how men can connect with their sons. So Kent Evans, man, welcome back to the show. It's the only place anyone's ever had me back on. <laughs> Dude, that's very telling about us and him. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was a compliment. Right. Hey, dude, um, t- tell our listeners. Okay, so you were in the corporate world for how many years? Um, about 25. Dude, you're not that old. Dude, I'm I'm 49, so we better hurry up and get this show done because I tip over the hill any moment. <laughs> you were in the corporate world, and God, God, you just really, really moved you in the direction of saying, "Okay, it's time to shut that baby down and yeah. to open up a new door." Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, ironically, if we look out the right window in this building, you could see where I worked for years and years. It's literally across the street. Uh, great company. God just worked on me, my wife and I, and through guys like you, uh, uh, Kurt, <clears throat> back at uh, Southeast, learning about how um, God had wired us. And I remember Bob Russell used to say, some people see their calling in a blinding flash of light, like Paul on the road to Damascus. Most people find it with progressively experimenting with their gifts. And so what God just led us to do was write some stuff, try to do some teaching, uh, put some things out for fathers and sons. And over time, it kind of snowballed, man, into something that we felt like God was asking us to devote a lot more time and energy to. So about three years ago, my wife and I decided we would jump in full time. And it's been a wild ride and a lot of blessing. You know, people ask me, how's it going? Uh, And I always am uh, like, how much time you got? You know, because most days it's a mix. Do you want the 30 second, the three minute or the 30 minute or the three hour? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. I could do either one, any of those, any of those. But yeah, it's been a real blessing, man. We've we've been able to connect with a lot of dads around the country and even around the world and learn what they're struggling with and try to help them through that. And also it's uh, it's convicting, as you know, you know, when you were in men's ministry, you're the guy who's supposed to have all the answers for all the men. Right. But you're also a man working through it yourself. And so uh, I'm not, you know, the fatherhood expert uh, other than. I do a lot of listening. So we do hear from a lot of dads. So you got how many kids? Five boys. They're ages 20 down to four. So we have, 
one who's you know planning a wedding and one who still wears a diaper to bed at night. So it's not the same guy. I was going to say, <laughs> you distinguish which yeah, one's that's, which. Those, that's two different kids. And uh, two of those boys came from where? Um, Ethiopia. Yeah, and they love saying that. They love knowing where they're from. And uh, yeah, so we had three boys through birth and then three, uh, two through the miracle of international adoption. And the two youngest are... Uh, the two youngest are yeah, adopted, were four, adopted. Four and eight years old. And, and yeah, yeah you, dude, you got, you got a handful right there. We do, but I have a really strong wife, uh, an amazingly gifted, talented, and disciplined wife. So uh, I'm grateful because she is a, a very good co-discipler of our boys. Mm, that's good stuff. Yeah, we need that from our wives. So Kent, tell us about um, uh, when you when you launched Manhood Journey. You know, uh, actually, you said what nine years ago? Yeah, t- uh, 2010 was when we first started. Just kind of rough ideas on a whiteboard, and then uh, three years ago. I, I'm sure you were excited, but you were all, y'all, was there some fear yeah, and trepidation? Well, you know, it, it wasn't, it was not sudden. So I, so it wasn't one of those things where I went to bed on a Friday and woke up on a Monday and said, Hey, I'm gonna quit my job today. It was, it was very progressive. And in that way, God was really gracious with us. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny. I had two guys in my ear, one, a guy named Rob who was telling me, hold on as long as you can save money, pay off your cars. You know, <laughs> he's like <laughs> very <clears throat> disciplined and careful. And then another guy named Matt in my other ear saying, you should have jumped six months ago. And so it was uh, an interesting season where we just had to figure out when was the right time. We knew God was going to ask us to do this full time at some point. Um, We just didn't know exactly when. So it wasn't sudden. And in that sense, there was no real fear. You know, it was it was more like, uh, you know, if I'm trying to swim from here to Africa, yeah, that's pretty frightening. But if if I get dropped off 50 yards off the beach and I just got to swim the last 50 yards, that's pretty simple. So I feel like God progressively moved us closer to that goal. And then the last step was actually fairly short. Yeah. God's God's gracious yeah. in all his ways. Hey, so talk to us about from your perspective, your vantage point as you're ministering to men kind of all over the place. Um, what? What, what what would you say is uh, some of the real things that are sticking out mm. to you in men's lives? Yeah, and, we, and we, we're kind of like digital nerds in a sense in that <clears throat> we do a lot of surveying and we do a lot of uh, online questioning. And so I bet you over the last two or three years, I've gotten maybe as many as 3,000 answers to this question. What is your single greatest challenge as a father? And I've got them all in a giant database. We, we categorize them, we codify them, we catalog them. And so we can see fairly clearly, at least from our vantage point, uh, guys are struggling with a handful of issues at the top of the list. Ironically, the number one issue and the number two issue that we hear guys talk about in terms of answering that question, what's your greatest challenge as a dad? It is related to time. Time. In one case, they say, I have, I have not enough hours in the day mm. so that, you know, 24 hours is too few and I'm too busy. I got too many hats. And then the other is I feel like I'm running out of time. So it's kind of two dimensions of time where my kids are getting old and time's getting short. And I feel like, man, they're going to be out of the house any minute. Uh, and then the other is I just don't have enough hours in the day to squeeze everything in. And that's a, a major, major chunk of what dads are afraid of right now and what they feel is a pressure and a challenge for them. Um. What, 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 in the in the area of time, um, what else do they say? What are the the other top uh, two or three? Yeah, it's it's in the area of time. It is as their kids get to the teen years, we all start to feel that pressure of man when they're when they're eighteen or nineteen, they're probably going off to college or they're moving out. 
and we feel like there's a bunch of stuff we got to cram in. It's like when I was in college and I would cram for a test, which was most of them, uh, we, we get this panic that sets in that we haven't invested along their lives. And so we feel like now we're at the you know ninth inning or fourth quarter, whatever metaphor you want to use. Time's running out. Uh, and so guys feel this pressure to get a bunch of stuff done in the last couple years of their at-home life. At the same moment, their kids are being pulled into lots of things. A school, work, friends, and it's not all evil. It's not like kids are running to evil and dad's, you know, the holy benchmark. It is just that the time for both of those people, Mm -hmm. your average 17 or 18 year old child and your average 40 to 45 year old dad, neither of them seem to have a lot of time. But what's interesting is I just read a book by Pat Morley called The Christian Man, his latest book. And in the book, he says a statement that I would love for every guy listening to this show to hear. He says, you have exactly as much time as you need to do whatever God has asked you to do. Mm. God doesn't ask you to do a 10 pound thing and give you one pounds of resources. Mm. He never does that. And so if God's asked you to do something, guess what? You have enough time to do it. So uh, um, it is the, the, the feeling of not enough time, the feeling of how do I get all this done? The feeling of busyness um, how much of that is really realistic uh, and maybe they have too big greater expectations or how much is that really real? You know, what's ironic is I look through all of these answers to that question that we get. So I've looked through thousands of these answers and I don't want to pull one out unfairly. But what I would say is in the midst of one guy's answer, I don't say complaining is the wrong word, maybe, but acknowledging, (laughs) whining, (laughs) griping about (laughs) how much time he doesn't have. He also mentioned that he was an avid cyclist. And what struck me as ironic was I could probably find an hour a day for him, right? Just ride less on your bike, dude. Like my golf game is horrible. Like I'm 49. I, I played golf last week for the first time in months. And before that, for the first time in a year, year and a half. And my golf game is horrible. And I'm not wearing it as a badge of being a good dad. I'm just saying a little bit, right? In that I'd love to play more golf, but I can't I can't do six hours a week or six hours every few days and also be an engaged husband or be an engaged dad. I I just can't do it. And so guys will ask me all the time, Ken, are you saying I should give up my hobbies? And I say, yeah, for you, probably. Maybe for a season, right? There might be a season where you just got to say, yeah, I may play golf once or twice a year now. As opposed to back when back in the day, right when I had an eight or ten handicap and played twice a week, yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, I, I was going to make a comment, but we have got to take a break, and we'll come Saved right by back. The break. Yes. So we're going to come back and talk to Ken about a new upcoming um, program he's got coming out for guys, dads who say, "I just don't know how to connect with my kids and talk to them about spiritual stuff." Boy, Kent's giving you a prepackaged gift here. So we're going to talk more about that and the heart behind that here in the next couple segments here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. We're here with Kent Evans, Kurt and I are, and we're talking about father-son connecting, discipling, making time, uh, all those things that you're probably afraid to even talk about, guys. And uh, we're going to say, hey, how can we encourage you not guilt you into these things uh but if you want to be encouraged uh at a great banking institution ellen and credit union they are a local lender they've done a great 
uh, job working with people in the Louisville area. And we want to thank Ellen and Credit Union. Also, Vision First Eye Care. If you need any kind of eye care done, boy, they look at you not just as a set of eyeballs, but as a person. Uh, Vision First Eye Care, Rod Rollo and his crew. Both of those folks have been with us since almost the beginning of our show, and they've been in this community for a long time doing great things. So we thank them for sponsoring our show. You know, Kent, when we were talking about uh, this whole feeling, maybe overwhelmed and too, I don't have enough time. And I, I mean, I think it's that's complicated. It's, it's not just a simple like, OK, um, I, I, I'm thinking of financial margin. You know, yeah. when I when I feel like under the gun, I'm, I I got some debt, and man, I need to work more to get out of debt, or I've got, you know, I I, I really don't, you know, I, did, I I my dad didn't show me, didn't mm. teach me right. how to have quality time with my kids, and he he was always gone and busy, so I, I didn't have that model, you know, and and then and then now I've I've I just feel like I can't catch up to be with my kids i, th- I mean right. i think yeah. i mean i think that's what you're saying right yeah in, in think, many ways and i think to the what you're starting to put your finger on there kurt we, we did an event in washington dc and we had guys come to the museum of the bible with their sons and one one guy and his son were both wearing shirts and the dad's shirt said my son is my hero and the boy's shirt said my dad is my hero and i appreciate the sentiment behind those shirts i get it right we want to have a tight bond with our kids However, man, if you are out there and you're listening to the sound of our voice and your goal is to be your children's hero, can we just break you from that chain today? (laughs) Can we just set you free from that foolish, prideful, anti-biblical approach to being a dad? Mm. I don't want to be my kid's hero. Now, I want to be faithful, right? Paul talks about being faithful. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to do that. But I think some of this time pressure Mm. comes from this sort of hero dad complex that we've got to do everything perfect, right? We got to coach their team. We got to balance the checkbook. We got to change the tire on the car. All of it. All of it. Guys, I'm worn. Dude, I'm worn out right He's now. Thinking about it, and in somewhere in Psalm, it's 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 Psalm 104, 103, and it says, "Do not put your trust in princes mm. or in men." And I want to convince my children, "Hey, man, don't put your trust in me." And when when I can get there, when I can realize that I'm a conduit, I'm a I'm a uh, ambassador that I just want to carry my children to the Lord. He's the hero, and I'm just the sideshow freak, right? I'm just the dude who brings them to the hero. Again, I don't want to downplay the role of a godly dad. Quite the opposite, right? My, my whole ministry is built on helping dads step into their disciple-making role. But disciple-making role is, don't follow me, follow Jesus. And we get that hero removed from our psyche, and then all of a sudden, time is not quite as oppressive. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, if oh, that's clear. Does. Totally, yeah. Because my time is going to end. Christ's time never ends. Like, yeah. my, my, I'm going to... We're know, finite. Yeah. You know. Right. Uh, you know, it reminds me of uh, we talked before the show, and I, I was I was just going through the life of one of the kings of the Old Testament, and during that period of time, he was leading this almost kind of revival, this movement, and it said they sought God eagerly, mm. and I'm like going, I mean, what what greater thing is there? I mean, to seek God eagerly, and to do that in the presence of your kids. And to make that a priority and to model that and to, you know, live that. Not perfectly. Yeah. You know, we're not going to do it perfectly. We're not going to bat a thousand. But 
if we seek God uh, eagerly, um, you know, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Yeah. And there's some, there's a, there's an extra grace that we kind of receive when we humble ourselves before him and God helps us with all yeah. these time issues and, uh, you know, how do we be a dad yeah. to our kids? You know? we, even, we even had, you know, we have five boys, right? And so they've all had different pursuits and interests. <clears throat> and as they hit their teen years, you got to make some choices. And we've brought them into those choices. And again, we haven't done this perfectly, but we've had some of our boys have asked, can I go do this thing? And this thing could be, I don't want to downplay any specific uh, family activity, but this thing might be something that would pull the family all like a magnet in one direction for hours and hours every week. And we just kind of tried to resist that, you know, and I'm not sure we did it right or made the right choice, but we knew time was our enemy. You know, we knew that we only had so many hours. Or time is your friend. <laughs> yeah, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. And I just know that our objective is to have our boys get connected to God in a meaningful way and find their giftedness and go explore that giftedness. And so we tried to to find ways to do that. And I, and I just didn't, I don't have any more hours in the day than anybody else, man. I sit on a board or two and I run a ministry and I got to go hustle up my own support. You know, it's like, I got plenty of things I could stress over time about, but at the same time, I just know that I'm finite to the point. I think Chad, you were making, I'm finite. God is infinite. I have limited time. God has all the time in the world. Yeah. So, uh, so Kent, in, in the break, we also talked about um, how dads feel they don't connect well with their yeah. kids. There's a communication gap and uh, like, oh my goodness, I can't relate to my 15-year-old kid. What, what's his problem? And, you know, talk, talk to us, uh, dads about that. Man, I th- it, one word, right? Questions. 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 What, 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 what is Questions. it? Questions. Oh. Questions. <laughs> so, okay. Not, but in, but in, it's not just questions. In my home. No, it's questions. In my home, <clears throat> in my home, right? I have a four-year-old and, and of course my oldest is out, but up to 17 in the house. The, the challenge for us as dads, right? Whether we have sons or daughters is immaterial. The challenge is we tend to continue parenting all our kids the same way. So when we have a four-year-old in the house and we say, stop it, don't do that. Get off your brother, put that down. You know, and we give a lot of directive commands that doesn't uh, work the same with a 17-year-old? Well, what's ironic is we have a lot of dads come at us and they go, my kids won't listen to me. And I mean, some of these dads I know fairly well, and I want to say, bro, it's just because you never shut up. It's because you never stop giving them commands. Instead of telling them, you can't wear that out of the house, okay, which you may have to. That may have to be the last thing you say is, you know what? No. The question is, hey, is that the is that the best outfit for you to wear tonight? Is that the kind of outfit you want to be seen in? Do you think that kind of outfit attracts an odd amount of attention to any one particular body part of yours? Like so there are <clears throat> ways to get at. If I want you to say the number 5, I could either say, "Hey Kurt, say 5." Or I could say, "What's the number between 4 and 6?" <clears throat> when you say 5 as an answer to my question, you actually use a different part of your brain. You're more engaged in the answer than if I say, say five, you go five. If I say, what's between four and six, you're going to say five, but you use a different part of your brain. We've got to pull that out of our teenage kids. We've got to ask them questions about life so that they process it 
as they speak about it. Um, so just a little quiz. How many questions did Jesus ask in the in the, oh, gos- in the Gospels? Yeah. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let me take a guess. Take a guess. Um, 120. Close. All, uh, almost triple that. No way. Over 300. Wow. By the way, by the, just another real quick, um, it, because you're, you're exactly right. And it's not just questions. It's good questions. Oh, for sure. It's the right questions. Yeah, like, hey, why can't you be more like your brother? That's not a good question. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about. Well, maybe. No. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, by the way, the first conversation in the Bible, recorded, first conversation recorded in the Bible is? God said, let there be light. <laughs> oh, uh, you're, getting, you're getting close. It's the question of the, sa- the serpent asking Eve. Did God say? Yeah. And then the second con- con- conversation or recorded in the Bible is God. Where, where have you been? Where, have you, where are you? Where are you? And it's, it's, it's because God and the enemy also know the power of questions. That's right. And so how do we, how do we get engaged with our kids? You're hitting, you're, dude, you're nailing it. Yeah. And, and we want to give them directives, and I understand that. Directives sometimes are the shortest distance, right? Yeah, yes. I was just, uh, the other day I was with a friend, and I said, let's go fast. And he's like, well, fast isn't always the only way, Kent. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm learning patience, right? You guys, I'm sure, amening, because y'all know me pretty well. Questions aren't often the most direct route, Right. The, the shortest distance between A and B is a straight line. Right. Sometimes questions are a very squiggly path. However, however, in the lives of our teenage children, we've just never experienced and this will sound way better than it ought to. But we've just never experienced abject, forcible, in your face rebellion from our teens. And it's not because we're perfect parents. I don't want to set that bar. What I am saying is we got in their head. <laughs> Right. We got in their head and by asking questions. And and I told one of my oldest sons the other day, I've even sent other people at you with questions you didn't even know I sent at you. Mm -hmm. And so if you need me to play that game, I'll play that game again. You don't want to listen to me. No sweat. I'll send other people into your life at my at my charge who will ask you the questions I'm trying to ask you. And he looked at me like, whoa, are you like a dad ninja? <clears throat> I'm like, dude, we're going to band together. It's yeah. us against you. Absolutely. <laughs> that, uh, that's the power. No, but it's the power of it's community. Power, if and your kids won't listen to you, just try some questions. Come yeah, on. Man, that's, that's really good stuff. All right, so we're going to take a break and come back in the third segment and talk a little bit more about, uh, we didn't get hit on it this segment, but there's a new, uh, I want to say curriculum. What, what would you call it, Kent? Yeah, online resource. Uh, resource. There we go. Right. A good resource that Kent and his ministry is coming out with. We're going to talk more about that in the next few minutes and how it can help tee you up to, to hit the ball out of the park, hole in one, whatever sports metaphor you want to use. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Hello and welcome back to our third segment. Dude, it's flying by. Time's flying by. We want to thank you for, for joining us. We're here with Manhood Journey's Kent Evans, and we're talking about connecting with your children. And uh, if you need to connect with your septic tank because there's a problem, you need to call Frank Enterprises. They take care of septic tank issues, outside water drainage issues. If you got water going where it's not supposed to, Frank Enterprises takes care of you in that area. Bright Star Home Care. They are a wonderful organization, Chris and his crew. They help walk you through a process that if you need to connect with a loved one, on a, if they need help on a once a week or 24-7 care, if you have a loved one who's going to need care, who's aging into that 
that season of life, Bright Star Home Care can help take care of you. They take care of us. We want to thank Frank Enterprises and Bright Star Home Care. So, Kent, we talked in the last segment about, you know, good questions and questions, questions, questions. And really, it's just loaded. I mean, it's in the Bible. Oh, I mean, God does it. Jesus does it. uh, I mean, over and over and over again, the power of questions. But right alongside that is asking good questions and then this listening piece. Mm. I struggle with that. I'm sure you don't struggle with I that. I don't. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Chad, a perfect I, listener, Tommy. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, Sorry. What'd you your, say? Your name's not Tommy. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I had somebody interviewing for a job one time, and you could tell they came in with eight or ten questions, which I thought, okay, great job. Nice job. Like, come in prepared, ready to ask some sharp questions. The problem is they didn't listen to any of my answers. So, like, they would ask question number one, and I would give them answer number one that obviously led to some other really natural second questions and this person would say okay and then they'd move on to second question like it was just question wait for kent to shut up ask another question wait for kent to shut up ask another question it was hilarious and i almost wanted to wave my hand in front of their face and go are you listening to my answer because there's a really natural follow-up like when you ask me how long have y'all been in business and i say you know 15 years and the very next question is so what time do you open in the morning? Uh, obviously, you're missing. So it was just an interesting reminder. When we ask the question, listen to the answer and be ready for the river to diverge. You don't know where that's exactly going to go. I think yeah, the Bible says when, when words are many, sin is not absent. Um, <laughs> right. You know, be quick to listen. You know, the Bible says, yeah. you know, s- slow down the talking and uh, do some good listening here. Uh, I mean, that is huge for, for listen, with our kids. Yeah. Um, Kent, talk to us about uh, this new uh, resource that you've got coming out to help dads with questions, to help dads yeah. with listening, to help this communication and connection with our kids. Yeah, we're, we're launching a brand new tool from Manhood Journey, and the name of the tool will be called Father on Purpose. It'll be landed at a place called fatheronpurpose.org. So the website will be fatheronpurpose.org. You'll be able to get to it from manhoodjourney.org. But what we want to do with Father on Purpose is a couple things. One is guys have asked us for the last year or two, can you give me something that's really brief? Can you give me something that's video-based? And can you give me something that's biblical and actionable? So they've been asking for this resource for a year or two now. And it is uh, the idea behind it is we want to give a dad something like on a Friday or Saturday that he can turn around and use with his family right away. So the idea would be, I'll give you an example. We're the first episode, which we just finished filming um, is called anger's antidote. And the whole topic is just about anger in the home and of which I consider myself to be a bit of an expert on anger in the home. <clears throat> now, yeah. anger removal, that's, that's a different expertise. Anger is okay. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a master's degree in anger. I'm like the dude on his 10th marriage who says he has a lot of marriage experience. So uh, <laughs> when I say I have a lot of anger experience, let me tell you. Uh, and so the idea is going to be, hey, Dad, do you struggle with anger? Most dads tell us that they do. Actually, many dads tell us that they do. So your mission this weekend is to memorize James 1, 19 and 20. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a verse I've had in my head for years and years. Um, 
and you just cited it, Kurt, you know, we are to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry for man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Uh, and by the way, feel free, email me later with that whole righteous anger argument and you and I can have an offline conversation <laughs> if you're listening, because that is, you talk about rare, that's about as rare as me hitting a hole in one. So it can happen. It can happen. But man, most of our anger, right? It's just foolish. It's our flesh. It's wrath. It's our flesh. So we'll deal with little bite-sized issues like anger, memorize James 1, 19 and 20, or questions. We talked about it in the last segment. Proverbs 20, verse 5, a wise man draws out the intentions of the heart. Mm. We do that through questioning, right? So we're going to talk a lot about those kind of bite-sized issues for dads, whether you have sons or daughters. We hope that something that we, we post at fatheronpurpose.org will be helpful to you. Yeah, um, when you mentioned that, I, just a little bit of a bunny trail on this old anger thing. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I came across that 15-plus years ago. I mean, I knew the verse, but... Um, the anger of man does not bring about the righteousness of God. And I used to, when I would kind of raise my voice a little bit, I'm, I'm shutting down bad behavior, <laughs> you know? And um, like, yeah, it worked. But it didn't work. Yeah. Because I was able to shut, but it didn't bring about the, the soft. I got them to stop the bad behavior. Right. But it didn't. It didn't really give me what I was shooting for. Yeah. And my lovely wife <laughs> would inform me that that was the wrong, uh, that was the wrong methodology there. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I've got to use, I, I got to do something different. D- doing that with, doing that with anger is like robbing a bank to get some money. Yeah. You know, you get some money. Yeah. You, yeah. Look, you got a 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or 10 grand, but you're going to go to jail. <laughs> you know, like, so you've got this short term benefit, but man, long term, it, mm. it doesn't work. Um, and, and, and I kid a little bit about that. Right. Whenever I get on the topic of, of anger, I have someone throw Ephesians at me. You know, can't we be angry and not sin? Yeah, but man, do a better review of anger in New Testament. Uh, you're going to find that there's basically two kinds of anger. There's God's anger and then there's man's anger and man's anger is always bad. Uh, and so at the end of the day, we can be angry about the same things God's angry about. Yeah. When, when kids are abducted or when, when, you know, there's sex trafficking or there's the things that, are, that, you know, should well up in you. Right? John Piper would say the only logical response is yes. to be angry. Yeah. But having said that, you, you don't go act out on that. At the same time, 95% of my anger does not fall into the category of righteous anger, if I'm completely honest. And I think think if we're really honest, so for for us guys, for many men, this is a big issue. It's a huge issue. So so you're going to tackle that. You're going to try to help help them because God's word, you know, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm -hmm. And that's the premise behind. Exactly. um, What what are some other topics that you want to help dads with? that address this in the, in father on purpose. Yeah. We're going to talk about <clears throat> anger. We're going to talk a lot <clears throat> about communication. Um, and to your point a minute ago, we're going to talk about listening. Uh, we're going to talk about separating our sin. So for example, my kids do something that's foolish and then I lash out at them in rage and I want to blame the fact that I've lashed out at them on their foolishness. No, man, we got two separate sin issues now. We got their sin issue, and now we have my sin issue. You know why I lashed out at them? Because I'm a jerk. Because I'm a sinful jerk, and I acted foolishly. I chose to sin yeah, but against you're, them. But, but, he, but he was wrong. He <laughs> you disobeyed you. You know what's ironic is when, when, we have, when our kids, when Billy, our child, hits Tommy, 
And we go to Billy and we say, hey, Billy, why did you hit Tommy? He goes, well, Tommy hit me first. What's our natural reaction as a dad to go, oh, well, then, okay, that's fine. As long as Tommy hit you first, Billy, you can hit him all day long. That never works with our children. That doesn't even make any sense. But we apply that same logic to us as parents. Why did I yell at my kids? Because they hold up. Wait a minute. That's as stupid as Billy hitting Tommy because Tommy hit him first. And so <laughs> we're going to wrestle with that stuff, right? We're going to do it really short. Guys are going to get a weekly video, a few minutes long, and then we're going to give them a mission or an assignment they can carry out within a day or two of watching the video. That's the idea. Wow. That's, um, yes. yes. Fatheronpurpose.org. We'll see you there. That's uh, good stuff. Well, um, give, give us another uh, a little uh, uh, little assignment that you that, you know like mm. an example of what you're going to do. You get the whole. Actually, I'll give you one from our friend Darren Walter, who is now a pastor in uh, Texas. <clears throat> Darren and I were trading emails about one of our episodes. Actually, the one we just described about separating our sin from one uh, from our children's sin. And this is a sneak preview. Here, you get a free you get the free resource here right here on the radio. Uh, Darren sent me an email and he goes, hey, why don't you have people, a a dad, write down on the left side of a sheet of paper, divide a sheet of paper in the middle, left column, right column, on the left column, write down things your kids do that make you angry. Write them all down, two, five, 500, whatever those things are, write them all down. And on the right hand side, write down your reaction. So when they do X, you do Y. When they do X, you do Y. When they do X, you do Y. Write them all down. Get them all on a sheet of paper. He goes, then take the sheet of paper, tear it in half. Take the left side of it, just throw it in the garbage. It doesn't matter. And then repent over the Mm -hmm. right side and ask God to help you stop reacting like this from whatever it was that caused you to act like that. So we'll give little bitty, like miniature assignments to dads that help them crystallize and implement the ideas that we share in the videos. It doesn't mean that you don't deal and address those issues that your kids are, you know, going down the foolish, that's uh, right. The foolishness of, uh, you know, what the Bible talks about, but you got to deal with your issue too. Yeah. Well, and, the, and the, the, the ironic truth of it, right, is no matter what our children do, there is always a, an appropriate and biblical response option that we have. There's always that option. We just don't often take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard sometimes. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take our final break, come back in our fourth segment, and finish up here with Kent Evans talking more about how do we connect with our kids, how do we disciple them, and how do we build relationships with these people that God has given us. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. If this is your just tuning in moment and you say, man, I'd like to hear more from Ken Evans of Manhood Journey about how to connect with your children, then you can go back to our Facebook page or SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and you just type in Solid Steps Radio and we have all of our shows commercial free thanks to our great sponsors like Dan Hart Financial if you have any financial needs in regards to investments and future retirement Dan Hart can help do that with you Southeast Christian Outlook the Outlook is a local publication in Louisville that talks about what God is doing not only in our city but around the world and southernsmokecatering.com oh boy cannot wait mm. they are uh that sounds tasty yeah they're gonna have uh, our we have an event coming up in october 1st and uh they're gonna be catering it and uh, the best brisket tips i have ever had you they know were. you know they're good at 10 in the morning no sauce no sides and they you're just 
you know, devouring them. Like, what are you doing eating brisket at 10 in the morning? He brought he it brought in it. here. Chris brought oh, it in here. Oh, yes. okay, that's and, fair. Uh, that's we fair. Were, no, so we anyway, were. so we want to thank those folks and as well as Ellen and Credit Union Vision First for sponsoring our shoot. Okay, so Kent, uh, the reason why you do what you're doing is because this role... I can't find a job anywhere else. <laughs> that's not true because you, uh, you've had a really, really good job. <laughs> But talk, it's just this critical role of as dads, uh, that, that we as dads, I think we, we underestimate the power of how God made us yeah. to influence our kids. Even, even when our kids are grown and, and adults. Talk about that a little bit. You know, <clears throat> I think that the, the um, a metaphor or an analogy to the role of a dad would be similar to that of the American sniper, Chris Kyle. And the reason I bring him up is because here was the most successful military sniper in history. Here was this guy who'd been into uh, really dangerous places over and over again. Hundreds of times he'd put his life on the line and come out uh, victorious, uh, but then in 2013, he's going to a gun range with a guy who turns out to be not mentally stable. And that guy kills Chris Kyle. And so Chris Kyle's dead. And if someone had come to Chris Kyle before that morning or the day before and said, hey, by the way, tomorrow, that dude you're going to take to the, the, the gun range is crazy and he's going to try to kill you. Who do you think walks out of that truck alive? I think Chris Kyle does a hundred times out of a hundred because that dude knows how to fight and he knows how to take out an enemy and he knows when he's on his guard, when he's on his guard. So the only reason Chris Kyle's dead today is not because of skill, not because of uh, capability, not because of acumen. Uh, He didn't lose any of those things. It was because he got ambushed and what's happening to dads and has always been happening to dads Mm. is dads are being ambushed. Day in, day out. And and it's not because, it's not because Satan wants your marriage, but he does. But he does. He wants your marriage. It's not just because Satan wants your children, but he does. He wants your children. <clears throat> it's because Satan wants the image of God the Father. He wants to steal the picture that God has chosen to reveal himself to the most, and that is God the Father. So I'm not God, and I don't expect anyone to look at me and go, look at that little God-likeness right there. However, however, mm. I am to be, I am to be, especially as a dad and especially as a husband, I am to be a picture, a metaphor of, of the bride, the bridegroom, and my wife is my bride and my kids are my flock. Mm. And, and when Satan can take out a dad, he really starts to mess with I mean, what, are the, what is the picture mm-hmm. of fatherhood today? If I went to the mall and I said, tell me something about dads, you know, I mean, yeah, your expression on your face says it all. Like, I mean, whoa. And it's because Satan's always had this kind of war on fathers, man. He wants to wreck. Uh, he wants to make fathers look like bumbling fools who just sit on the couch and tell their wife to go get them something to drink. You know, they, was, they, want, they want to create this image of fatherhood. And that's what our culture is going to do. That's what TV shows and movies are going to do. Yeah. We shouldn't be surprised by that. So, Dad, if you're listening, you just have a really important role, man. 
you have a really important role as the shepherd of your children, as the lover of your spouse, and as the representative of God the Father to this world. Man, it's so important. And Satan's coming after you. The the, the guy in the back of the truck is crazy, <laughs> and he's and he's after you. He is after you. I, th- I think that's why the Bible says over and over again, you know, men, be on your guard. That's right. Men, be alert. Men, d- don't be weary in well-doing. Uh, don't put your guard down. Be wise. Be attentive. Be focused. Because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. And he's coming after you, Dad, because he knows the power of Dad. And and uh, you know, I'm, I'm even thinking, Kent, uh, as as I as I talk about this, my dad just turned eighty. Oh, cool. And I still think, of, you know, I still want to deeply connect with my dad. Mm. And how Dad's role as an eighty-year-old dad still is so critical in my own life and now it's in my my kids' lives they look to grandpa mm. and 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 now he's got great grandkids and it's just so cool mm. um don't don't forget guys how critical your role is and you know there i bet there's a lot of guys if the guys listening to your show or anything like the guys we talk to all the time in Manhood Journey, and I bet they are some big percentage of, of the guys listening right now, and you, and maybe you, whoever's listening, are one of them, you didn't have a godly dad. You didn't grow up in a home where you had a role model or an example to follow, and, and kind of this whole dad thing <laughs> and this whole husband thing, you've been figuring it out as you go along, uh, like a lot of us. I would direct you. I would direct you to Psalm 119. Mm. Uh, It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And the reason I would direct you there is because it says that God's word will be your counselor. Now, again, I wrote a, a book about finding godly counsel from other men. Like, so I'm a huge fan. Uh, I spent a year doing nothing but thinking about how to go get godly counsel from other men. So huge piece of my life. You two guys, other men, you know, have poured into my life, but, but nothing like God's word, right? Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Remove from me their scorn and contempt. I keep your statutes. Your statutes are my delight Verse 24, they are my counselors. Mm. And so, Dad, if you are in the position where you think, man, think I'm, I started thinking about this, and I did not grow up in a home where the dad stuff was modeled very well or the husband stuff was modeled very well, go to Psalm 119.24 and just meditate on that for a while. Mm. God's statutes are your delight, and they are your counselors. And, and God's word has a way, a mysterious and supernatural way of changing who you are. We were talking about it before the show, Kurt. <clears throat> yep. I think when that verse that says God's word is effective and it pierces even to the dividing of joint and marrow. I probably didn't quote it exactly right. But I think of that verse. And I think that that verse is a hint, is a hint about the actual physiological and biological impact God's word has on our on our bodies, our brains, how they're wired. There's no argument that like per, repeated exposure to violence or repeated exposure to porn affect your brain. Like they've documented all that. 
The same is true on the inverse. Amen. Repeated exposure to God's word actually changes who you are. In, in Psalm 119, it, it says, I can be wiser than my enemies, have more insight than my teachers, and I have more understanding than the people who are older than me. I'm like going, what? I get, I get wiser. I get more insight. I have more understanding. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, that's right. And when I uh, when I take in God's word, um, it it absolutely changes, guys. If you, it doesn't have to be you sit down for two hours every day, but the longer that you spend in God's word, it will change you. Yeah. And so there's hope, right? I, I want guys to hear that there's hope. I mean, we are being pursued by an enemy. It's, it's dangerous out there in the, the mean streets of fatherhood, uh, for sure. But that God's grace covers that. And God's grace covers your mistakes as a dad. Mm. And God's word will fill you and change you. Just let it. A real quick application. I'm going to have you pray. I watch my dad every, every night get on his knees. Guys, just get on your knees at bedtime for 30 seconds and say, God, I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your strength. Pray for your kids by name, and you're on the way to to just uh, hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Not perfectly, yeah. but you're gonna right. do, you're gonna hit the ball well. Kent, thank you for coming in. It's always good to have you, bro. Oh, it's I, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Would you uh, pray for us, guys? Please you bet. pray. You bet, Father. Thank you for today. Thanks for Kurt and for Chad and for the ministry you've given them on you've given them on this uh, show. And I pray for whoever's listening whatever uh, situation or life circumstance they find themselves in, that they would find their hope in you and they would find their guidance and their wisdom in your word. And I pray that they would be strong, be strong for the battle that we know is raging all around them. Give them hope, give them courage and give them joy and peace as they walk through their life as a man and as a dad and as a husband. And we just pray these things in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, bro. So, uh, the website is fatheronpurpose.org, fatheronpurpose.org, if you want to sign up for that, um, that resource uh, from Ken Evans and Manhood Journey. So, uh, hey, pass this along to somebody you know who's going to be needing it, which is any dad who's got a son or daughter. And uh, we would appreciate, really appreciate the feedback that we get from you. So leave, please leave a comment, send a message. And again, thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.